Welcome to We Need to Talk About Tech, where we talk about the past, present, and future of technology. All right. On this week's episode of the podcast, we talk about Elon Musk donating $6 billion to an undisclosed charity. We talk about the surprise drop of the Cyberpunk Next Gen update. And we talk about Sony's new open back earphones, the Link Buds. Okay, starting with topic number one. Recently, a few days ago from us recording, Elon Musk disclosed that in November of 2021, he donated, I think it was 5 million shares, which equaled about $5.7 billion USD at the time of his donation. He did this donation over 10 days in November, and he disclosed it to the public few days ago and this was this was sort of right after the time where he was having his twitter poll about whether he should donate money to end world hunger pretty much we talked about this on the podcast he had twitter polls you know should he donate money uh if the world health organization can show okay this money is going to go to actual charities to actual foundations with an actual plan they showed him their plan they tweeted it out and tagged him in it and 58 percent of the people who voted i think there were 3.5 million voters on this twitter poll 58 percent of them said yes elon you should donate this money so it looks like he did and it's unclear right now who this money was donated to um you know tesla Elon, they haven't commented on where it's gone and no charities or, you know, the world food program or United Nations, no one's spoken up to say, yes, we received this money. So there's still a lot of mystery, I guess, around everything that's going on. But what are your thoughts on, I mean, this huge donation to say the least, and where do you think he's donated it to? Has he donated it to the Martian Food Society, or is there someone somewhere else that he's probably given his money to? Yeah, this is a this is an interesting one. I don't have a ton of, of thoughts on it, but um, the interesting thing is, you're right. Uh, about five point seven four billion dollars has been donated, just over five million ter- shares of Tesla, and the uh, according to the S- SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, the recipient for for this donation is completely anonymous. Um, which is a little strange, right? Like, I I don't know if if this is typical for billionaires of when they're donating money to have the recipient of the donation be anonymous. Um, it doesn't seem like something that would be all that common, but, uh, in this case it is. And, you know, the, the UN, you know, world food program, which he dared to, to show him a plan for you know solving world world hunger has come out and said that they haven't received any um anything from him so maybe it's a situation where it hasn't gone to them maybe it's gone to you know maybe some kind of political donation or something like that where you know maybe they're gearing up for for some kind of program who knows uh there is a lot of of you know right to repair stuff going on which could impact tesla 
uh, and Tesla has been called out a lot for its practices. So maybe it could be something, you know, to kind of combat uh, their standing in in the electric car market. Who knows? It could be anything at this point. And I guess anything at this point is, is just speculation. So I don't want to speculate too much about it. But the reality is right now, no one really knows where this money was donated. Uh, and it's it's quite a bit. What kind of surprises me is is in that Twitter poll that, you know, such a small amount, only just over 50% said yes to donating the money. That kind of surprises me. I would imagine... 58% is a decent amount. I, I would imagine more people would want, you know, money like that donated to people or to organizations that would help people who are less fortunate. But I don't know. Maybe that's just... A lot of people are seeing maybe there's there's better ways for billionaires to spend their money. Who knows? Um, but yeah, this this also is a a big thing for Elon in his uh, tax filings. Right, uh, this is going to give him a little bit of a tax break uh, in terms of how much tax he's going to have to pay because you do get uh, a little bit of an exemption for your dollar amount for donating to charities, uh, not just for billionaires but for anybody. So this is definitely a a smart move on his part in terms of, you know, helping some organization out that maybe also helps him out um, as well. Um, who knows? But also, uh, you know, helping out his his tax bill, which could be a really good thing coming close to tax season. But yeah, it's just a, a little bit of a mystery as to where this has gone. Um, I don't know exactly where it would, would have gone, but, you know, I'm sure... The fact that the recipient is anonymous probably means we, we won't hear anything about it going forward. Um, and yeah, I guess it's just going to be a, a question of, you know, doing some research into seeing if this is kind of a normal practice for billionaires, which if it was, I wouldn't be surprised um, if it's like normal practice for billionaires to like keep their donations anonymous. But I'm curious, what, how do you feel about it? And, and uh, do you think that this is potentially something that uh, went to the UN World Food Program and we just haven't heard about it yet. I'm hoping that's where it went. I mean, that would kind of be the most logical place for it to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I am definitely surprised that no one's come forward about it. I, I mean, maybe it's just something that okay, they haven't come forward yet. Maybe there's something involved with the donation because Elon is definitely someone who I don't want to say, you know, he, he definitely cares about his public opinion, Yeah, but he's very good at creating good press for himself and for his brands. And this is definitely a huge moment to create some very good press, right? You know, world's richest man ends world hunger is a pretty nice headline. Mm-hmm. So, I think at some point we're going to find out. Um, I think at some point Elon is going to tell us. Uh, maybe it's just, okay, somewhere in the donation or the paperwork around the donation was written in that Elon has to be the one to say. Or yeah, yeah. the organization isn't allowed to say that they've received help from Elon until you know a certain date passes. Maybe that's just what you know, the organization or Elon or Tesla is waiting for. But I am surprised that there hasn't, that no one's come forward at the moment. But, you know, 
this could be status quo for multi-billionaires. You know, we just, I guess, forgot about that in our last billionaire meeting. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I optimistically, I want to say it's gone to the United Nations World Food Program and they're just waiting for Elon to make a big public announcement about it. And then they'll say, yeah, you know, he's actually helped us out quite a lot. And, you know, he is helping to end world hunger. It's not, I don't think it's as simple as donate $6 billion and world hunger is gone forever. Yeah. Well, but I think it's, you know, $6 billion is a lot of money that can go a long way for sure. And I think that's, that's a perfect point, right? Of like, regardless of who this went to, this could stay anonymous or it could be, you know, a great marketing ploy for him to announce it sometime in the future. But regardless of whether or not they get announced or not, this is a great marketing move for Elon and in turn, a great marketing move for every single one of his companies. Because at the end of the day, if it's an Elon company and Elon looks good, um, which you're right, he cares very much about his public uh, opinion and reception. Um, that also affects his his companies, right? He's, he's the figurehead of those companies. The reason why they're worth so much is in large part because of him. So uh, the better he looks, the better his companies look. And... I could imagine this staying anonymous could be great for two reasons. One, um, regardless, like I said, regardless of who it is, it's already good PR for Elon. Um, but two, if it does get announced, it could upset somebody. Like, for example, there are a lot of people who generally don't like the UN, um, feel like UN wastes a lot of money um, and doesn't really do much good. Uh, and then there, whether it is the UN or someone else, it, they could also feel that as well. So it, Essentially, announcing any charity could have a negative effect, whereas if there's no charity announced and then everyone just assumes it's a charity that they like, it benefits both him and the charity and, you know, the people who want to like Elon. So, yeah, it could just be a good move to keep this anonymous so that there's no kind of blowback on him or any of his companies. Yeah. The interesting thing about this is, like you mentioned, he did... Uh, have uh, some tweets in the past and one of them was also about him reducing his amount of stock uh, he did do a pretty significant sell-off in the past which was a small amount of the amount that he said he was going to sell off um, but this is also seems like it's a part of that uh, not just selling off the stock but also donating a bunch yes of course like we mentioned it, it is you know part of a tax write-off which is great but also it's kind of him continuing that promise of selling off uh, a lot of his stock. It seems like it's not putting that much of a dent. Um, it actually seems like his stock his stock amount is actually going up um, despite his sell-offs. But it, it does seem like he's at least trying to um, continue that conversation about getting rid of uh, his stake in Tesla um, and not just selling it, also donating it as well, which is it's kind of interesting. Yeah, definitely interesting. And you know, as you said before, it's kind of him doing this benefits him in multiple ways because it's it's saying, oh, look how generous Elon is. You know, he's not taking as much stock in Tesla. He's not, you know, as directly related to, let's say, how the company's performing. But that's good publicity in the end for Elon, which is good publicity for Tesla, which is good for Elon's net worth also, right? So it's kind of... Not no matter what he does, but it almost seems like that, right? No matter 
which way you cut it, Elon is becoming more successful or I guess getting better publicity or more value for the stocks and the money that he does have. Because whether, okay, he decides I'm going to keep this money, I'm not going to donate it, He although he has to donate it, um, or I'm going to keep these stocks, I'm not going to donate them. I feel like either way, either decision he makes, I feel like it's going to be perceived as Elon's looking out for everyone else or Elon's doing the right thing here. I think it's very hard for him to get any sort of negative press right now. Yeah, and, and this is also tied into, like, for example, uh, I think, you know, he had a bill of under, just under $11 billion in taxes um, that he was supposed to pay that this is going to help. But also, the total amount that he agreed to sell off in that Twitter poll was, I think, close to $20 billion worth of, of, of Tesla. So yeah, it's, it's, he's slowly getting closer to that point. I think this is quite a bit, 5 million shares, over 5 million shares is a lot uh, of shares to move. Obviously for Elon, it's relatively little, but you know, for the rest of us seeing something like this, I think it definitely helps his, his image of one, he put out the pool. Um, people said, yeah, you should sell. Yeah, you should donate. And he's doing that. Um, so regardless, the optics uh, for him are, are looking good. So yeah, I, I guess my, my final question to you is, do you think we ever find out who this donation went to? Or do you think it makes more sense just to keep it, you know, secret? I think we do see who it goes to. And, you know, the fact that you said he still, he promised to sell off a lot more. I think there's another donation coming up at some point too. I think we find out who this goes to. And then he takes time or, you know, his publicity or wh- whoever is doing it, you know, takes time to figure out or to, to see what the blowback is like or to see what the response is, how positive it is, how negative it is. And then based off of that, there will be another sell off, another donation, and, and they'll decide, OK, do we make a big public display about it or do we do the same thing that's kind of going on right now where we make the donation over a period of days? And then we will disclose it to the public a couple months later. Yeah, I think that's kind of the playbook that they're running. Or Yeah, I think that's kind of how they're going to handle it right now, at least. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you're probably right. Maybe we could see um, another donation of anywhere between 3 and $4 billion that will completely cover his, his tax bill. Yeah, that could definitely be something that, uh, one, help his image, like we've already said, but also, you know, pay off your taxes one uh one billion at a time i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so our so our second topic of the podcast is actually related to cyberpunk 2077 cd project uh and cd project red had a stream that they invited people to yesterday where they showed off the 1.5 update of cyberpunk 2077 which also included the next-gen version of the game for PS5, Xbox Series. And by the end of that stream, they announced when it would be available, and it was available yesterday. Uh, Right at the end of that stream, it was fully available for people to play, um, free for anyone who already owned the game on either PS4 or Xbox One. Um, You know, you got a free upgrade to the the next-gen version, which was announced before the game even came out, and they... You know, they kept to that promise. 
And yeah, it was available for people to play uh, and also available on previous platforms as well, like PC. Uh, it was just an update and you can get into the new version and they added some things. So one, obviously, it was tackling a lot of the bugs that the original uh, release had, which they had been working on um, leading up to that, uh, up to version 1.3, which was the, the last gen version, um, had solved a lot of the bugs that were there before. But uh, they did add quite a bit of things in this new version. Uh, just to go over some here, they added new weapons. They added the ability to buy uh, new apartments. So uh, if anyone is not familiar, this is a game where you're uh, role-playing a character and generally you have an apartment in the in the game, but you only have one. And uh, they added the ability to, uh, to buy, I think, four more in, in the game. They also added the ability to change your appearance. So in the base version of the game, uh, prior to this patch, once you created your character, you couldn't change anything. You couldn't change your hair, couldn't change anything about the way your character looked. They have now added the ability to do that. They've also added some performance updates and some visual updates, including uh, some new ray tracing features and some new um, uh, visual uh, quality improvements that they call, that they uh, pretty much call out. That was previously available in the in the PC version, but has now been adapted to the consoles. As well as on PlayStation 5, there's some new DualSense features. So there's a bunch of things. They didn't want to spoil everything in the stream, but they showed a bunch of stuff. Um, new stuff that's now available in this new version of the game. And they are kind of taking the criticism, I think, to heart a little bit. Um, maybe a little bit too, <laughs> too hard. They're, they're kind of meta with it. They have this new kind of slogan, uh, love it or burn it. Um, so I guess if you really hate it, you can burn your, your copy of Cyberpunk 2077, which I imagine most people have a digital copy, so they'll probably just burn their consoles. But um, there's also a five-hour free trial where you can play the game for free for the first five hours, uh, see if you like it before you actually buy it. But yeah, there's a, a lot of, of things that were added here, and now there's finally the full-fledged next-gen version um, and I don't know if people are going to like it. I think it might be a little too late, not necessarily too late for that version to come out, but I think there's been so much damage done in terms of the impression of what people think of CD Projekt and Cyberpunk that I think they're at the point of no return. I don't think the public opinion will change on this game, but I did get a chance to try it. I tried it out a bit and I noticed a few things that may not affect everybody, but for me... Um, this actually kind of reminded me a little bit of when we used to play Destiny. Uh, I remember when the first year of Destiny, we were all playing it and we really liked it. But there was a lot of people who also really didn't like it. And uh, what Bungie did at the time is they catered the game to the people who didn't like it at that time. And I think we all stopped playing it after they made big changes. Uh, they brought out a big expansion called The Taken King. They made really big changes to the game that for people who loved the game at that time, really wasn't great for a lot of them. And a lot of us kind of left the game. I noticed some similar things happening with Cyberpunk 2077. They seem to want to make the game a little bit more uh, Grand Theft Auto-like um, in terms of crowd reactions and, and action, make the game more action-friendly. And in doing so, you know, luckily I beat the game uh, prior to this update, but my build was much more... Uh, RPG like I would you know pause the game select a character do some hacks 
I had a very uh, big crafting build, so it was a lot of stuff based on me building stuff uh, for my character to make them stronger. Uh, but that was all nerfed. And their, their methodology now is to make the game a little bit more action-focused. They want people to get out of cover and get more into the, the combat and, you know, the gunplay that they feel like they've improved. So, unfortunately, the character that uh, I, you know, kind of did everything in the game with is so weak right now because of the, the, the nerf that it can't really use anymore, which is fine because I already beat the game. <laughs> But uh, I think that is a, a, an interesting thing uh, for games these days. A lot of games are, are doing updates and, and growing with their player base. And it's mm-hmm. kind of a, a difficult thing to balance of do you, do you appease the people who love the game right now or do you try to get more people involved um, with the risk at kind of turning the people who loved it before off? And uh, yeah, it's a kind of a, a difficult balance to face. But... I imagine the vast majority of people who hated the game from the beginning and were looking for a reason to get in uh, fresh. This could be a great start for a lot of people. There's a trial now, so if people don't know if they're going to like it or not, they could at least try it out. But I'm curious, how do you feel about the idea of Cyberpunk finally launching for next gen? And does it interest you at all? I would say it interests me now more than it has before. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also say it interests me because, you know, you've spoken so highly about the game recently. Mm-hmm. Before you said you liked the game and it was your favorite game of all time. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't heard anything good about it. I hadn't, you know, from anyone who's played it themselves. And I haven't seen anything good about it in the press. Mm-hmm. So because you were speaking so highly of this, oh, you know, maybe at some point I will try it out. Not I'm going to go and try it out now, but a made me more open to trying it out now the fact that it's been upgraded and updated for the playstation 5 and xbox series x and s it definitely makes it more intriguing more interesting you know the things you mentioned the ray tracing the 4k resolution dynamic scaling it definitely makes it more interesting not to mention the improvements or not not necessarily the improvements because i guess depending on who you are determines whether you think they're improvements or not, but making it more action-based, uh, changing how NPCs, you know, the non-player characters react with you or react with each other, making it more action-y. Yeah, it's definitely, they're doing things to attract more people, mm-hmm. but definitely the biggest thing is the free five-hour trial. But so just to confirm, it's on all consoles, not just the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S. And I think it's until March 15th, right? It's not like it's, okay, whenever you want to try it out, you can try it out. Yeah, so, okay, so the free trial is available on the Xbox Series and the PlayStation 5, full five hours of the game. Uh, they even made the joke that if you could beat the game in the five hours, then, you know, great, you've done it. You don't really need to get the game. I don't not think that's possible. Free. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I don't think that's that's entirely possible. But yeah, it is. So it's it's... It's available on the next-gen consoles, so essentially just the Xbox Series X, S, and the PlayStation 5. Oh, yeah, so it is available for 30 days uh, from yesterday. So, yeah, you're right. Just uh, in March, it's going to end. But I think it gives people... It's only five hours. It gives people a chance to try it. I would like to see them put out a full demo, maybe, Um, (laughs) because, quite frankly, a lot of people did feel burned uh, by the game, but... 
the interesting thing is there was a lot of negative stuff uh, about uh, Cyberpunk 2077, like you mentioned, but specifically on Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Um, when it came to the PlayStation 5, uh, even playing the old version, the PlayStation 4 version, and on PC, the reception was a lot better because the game actually ran. And I think the biggest issue is that the game was not able to run on older consoles and it probably should have been canceled. And I think that was mm-hmm. the issue where they lost a lot of trust is going up to leading to the game, they never showed the game running on older consoles. And when they gave the game for, for reviewers, they only let them review the PC version. So when the game actually launched for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, the PC version was getting great reviews, but the reordered or wanted to buy the game for old consoles had no idea that it wasn't going to work on their consoles. And that was very shady. And I think that was kind of the crux of the the issue and this is them trying to solve that. But like I said, I do think it's a little bit too late. Um, I think they kind of burned their goodwill by allowing the game to launch in, in that condition for the older consoles. And yeah, but yeah, I, I'm curious. Just going back to what you were saying, because I cut you off a little bit there. Yeah, so, you know, if if you were interested in playing this game, do you like the idea of it being maybe seeming a little bit more like GTA where you can get more uh, reactions from pedestrians. Maybe they'll start shooting back on you, which is something they would never do in the previous version, um, as opposed to it just being kind of like the the typical RPG style game. I definitely like the idea of it more, but I guess the biggest thing is the five-hour free trial. Mm -hmm. I feel like more games should have demos. I feel like every game should have a demo. Yeah, It just makes so much more, more sense. Right. And even if it's okay, you know, the first mission or the first couple missions, or if you want like to do a time trial, just as Cyberpunk 2077 is doing, it makes more sense. And you give people a chance to get into your game and you don't really lose anything in the long run. Yeah. If you think about, okay, how many years and, you know, maybe even a decade that you spend developing a game for you to give away someone like an hour or two of gameplay that doesn't really cost you anything. Like you've already developed the game. You want to try and get it in front of as many people as possible. Right. So why not give people a free demo to try and get them? Oh, this is actually some interesting gameplay. Or if they don't like the demo, then you don't really lose anything. It's not like giving them the demo cost you anything. Right. So I think them doing this free demo is a good idea. Hopefully, past March 15th, they keep the demo going. Hopefully, they see, oh, hey, us doing this actually brought a lot of people onto the game, brought a lot of people on board to the game that otherwise would have never tried it out themselves. Because like I said, I haven't heard anything good good about it Mm -hmm. other than you. I had no interest in playing the game, especially if it was you have to buy the full price game if you want to try and play it. Well, why would I try and play it if I've only heard bad press about it and you know bad reviews of it but now i have a chance to get an impression of the game myself so yeah i don't know i think more people should do demos and i think it's a good idea i'm interested now in testing it out but am i gonna do that before march 15th Mm, i'm not sure yeah not you know i'm not sure it's not on the top of my priority list but it's a good sign and i think that's that's the key right like before this game came out, it was the 
most talked about thing there was, right? And we both said the hype for this game is way too high. There's no way it could live up to it. Um, but the the thing about that that really high hype is that it got a bunch of people interested who wouldn't generally be interested in RPGs, especially really kind of more deep RPGs like this one that's more based off of like a tabletop style RPG. So th- that's that's the interesting thing here of like, I don't think they can gather that hype back, regardless of how good the game looks or, you know, what they change to make it more like the most popular game in the world like GTA. I don't think they're going to be able to grab that hype back, especially now that we we know there's a GTA, a new GTA coming eventually. And, you know, you know, people don't feel like they they have to uh, get a substitute because the real thing is going to come eventually. But uh, just to go over some of the the improvements of the PS5 and the Xbox Series uh, versions. So for the PS5, there's going to be two modes. There's going to be a, well, for both the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, there's going to be two modes. There's going to be a 60 frames per second mode that runs at 4K with a variable um, kind of resolution scaling to keep the frame rate and uh, no ray tracing. Then there's also going to be a, uh, a high res mode that's going to be 4K, but with ray tracing. Um, and that's going to run at 30 frames per second. And then on the Xbox Series S, there's going to be only a 30 f- frames per second mode at 1440p uh, with no uh, ray tracing. So, you know, that's kind of how they, they panned out. They did do uh, showed gameplay of this new version. It looks great. Definitely a little bit less interesting to me. Uh, but I ha- have tried a new character. We're going to see. I'm going to go through it. I also saved the older version. Um, just... So I know if I really don't like this version, I can go back, which is great <laughs> on PC. But uh, yeah, I'm going to try it out, uh, see how it goes. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if they can actually uh, kind of gain some goodwill back, which I doubt, but who knows. Do you think part of them announcing this surprise patch is because, you know, just last week GTA announced that, or Rockstar Games announced that, hey, we're working on the next GTA game, stay tuned. So they're trying to steal, I guess, some thunder away from Grand Theft Auto? Or was this always planned? Yeah, I think this was always planned because, you know, I say surprise as like in air quotes because it wasn't really that much of a surprise. The actual game leaked on the PlayStation Store uh, a few weeks ago. So we kind of knew it was done um, even before they announced that there was going to be the stream. But also because the press for this game was so bad, um, mm. there was kind of the impression that they couldn't, they couldn't have announced that this was going to be available at a later date. They had to make it available the day that they announced it because people were so tired of the promises that were constantly being delayed. Because quite frankly, this version of the game was supposed to be out early last year, um, mm. within the first quarter, I think from as early as like March of last year. So it's it's almost a year late. There's still no DLC for this game. So for someone like me who's done pretty much everything, there's no reason to go really go back in. Uh, and I think for a lot of people that they're kind of in that boat. So yeah, th- this was kind of a situation where I don't think they could have waited any longer. But yeah, th- it was kind of it was kind of known because it leaked on PlayStation Network, which a little bit of a shame, kind of dulled the surprise. But uh, at the same time, I don't think. A lot of people really cared as much as <laughs> as it would have if the game launched in a great state. I guess, yeah. If you're someone who has the game already and, you know, you've already been playing it, then 
you like the old version. There's not too many people who are playing it continuously that will say, oh, wow, I'm glad they've improved all these things that didn't like the game before. Yes, yeah. if that makes sense. But, you know, I do think despite that's just my experience. Like I, I had a, a specific play style that was um, very much more RPG like than I pretty much didn't use a lot of guns. I almost never fired a shot in the game unless I really had to, which was very rare. So for my play style, this update is not great. But uh, I think for the vast majority of people who tried the game when it came out, really didn't like it, this gives them kind of a fresh start. They won't have the issues that I have because they're probably going to start a brand new character and kind of have none of that baggage from what the old version was. So for a lot of Mm -hmm. people, I think for the vast majority of people who are going to get into this, this is almost going to be like this is the original launch of the game. Uh, They've never played the game really before this. They never really dived into it because they didn't like it. So this is kind of a make or break moment for a lot of those people. And uh, I think this is a good, this is kind of like a a cool thing because it's almost like a second launch of a game that wasn't well received. Um, So hopefully it does well. But yeah, I think for for the people that are trying to capture, this is a good thing. It's not a good thing for me, Mm -hmm. but I think for the most vast majority, it's a great kind of update to the game. Cool. All right. Uh, so the final final topic of the podcast is actually uh, a new product from Sony. Saw some videos of it uh, just today, actually, uh, in this past week. A brand new pair of earbuds from Sony called the Link Buds. And what makes these a little bit more interesting than than a lot of the buds that we've seen in the past, like the Galaxy Buds Live or, you know, the famous AirPods and AirPods Pro, is that these buds don't go into your ear canal, first of all. And two, they're open back. So the cool thing about the design of these earbuds is they're like this little ring that uh, sits on your ear or in your ear, but not fully in your ear canal, just on your ear. Um, And it's open back. So it allows, you know, you to hear things around you uh, while you're wearing them. Uh, Similar to uh, the way open air, open, open back headphones would that you get like a full sound stage and you can hear everything and it's not like isolating the sound just in your ear, um, but in the form of the earbuds, which is something we've never really seen before. A really cool design. I definitely recommend people check it out. But the cool thing is some some impressions have come out and people seem to be pretty impressed by them. The I think the consensus is the sound, depending on what you're looking for, can be hit or miss. It's because open back headphones generally aren't great with bass and low low-end noise they they're usually better with troubles or even just like like natural sounding stuff vocals and you know certain types of music that don't rely solely on bass uh so depending on your your listening style this could be great but also for me personally i think these are great because i personally don't like uh earphones that go in your ears i find them very irritating um i don't like them at all and it's been a long time since we've had uh, earphones that, that just sit on your ears as opposed to go in, and we finally got some new ones from Sony. They seem great. The impressions are really good of them. Um, so I'm curious, have you seen anything of these earbuds, uh, and do they interest you at all? I've seen them. They are definitely interesting, but not interesting to the point where, oh, yeah, let me go and buy those. I don't need new earbuds or new earphones. But it's definitely an interesting design. I mean, it almost looks like a little mini donut, I guess. 
is the best way I could describe it, right? Like you have one circle and then you have a smaller circle underneath that's just, yeah, I don't know, an open ring. And that kind of allows some of the the air and some of the external noise to come into your ear. Like you said, like an open back earphones. But no, it's it's definitely an interesting device. And I'm intrigued to see, I guess, how well they do or see who is like how they're received, I guess, and who else is looking for something like this. Because when you look at most of the premium earbuds, let's say it's something that goes into your ear canal, something that has a silicone tip that is kind of creating that seal around your ear or within your ear. There are some people who like that feeling or who have gotten used to that feeling, but there's some people like yourself that don't like the pressure that it creates in your ear I've heard some people say that, you know, AirPods Pros give them a headache just because of the pressure that it's creating and the seal that it's creating. So, you know, one feature of this, of having an an open channel into your ear canal, is there isn't that same pressure that it creates. And the way it creates sound is, you know, it's done in such a way that it's also not spilling out into your surroundings. So, you know, someone sitting next to you on the subway or on the bus can't necessarily hear what you're listening to. I guess the only, not the only, but the biggest drawback about these headphones is no noise canceling. Noise canceling has become a very big feature, but the whole design of them is anti-noise canceling, right? It allows your external noise in. Um, And because of that, they're not great in loud settings. So, you know, if you're on a busy street or, you know, a busy subway car, you're going to be able to hear what everyone else is doing around you, mm-hmm. right? Unless you turn your music as loud as it could possibly go. But then, yeah, that's not necessarily the best thing for your eardrums. But premium headphones that have noise canceling have added a transparency function because they know that people at some point want to hear what's going on around you, whether you're you know, talking to someone beside you or if, hey, maybe it's a busy intersection and you want to know if there's an ambulance or a fire truck or something coming, you know, down the street. You don't always need to be completely isolated from the outside world. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of funny that this is a new, uh, not necessarily an invention, but it's something that we've created to fix a problem that we created. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of like stepping backwards in technology to step forwards in technology. It's like, hey, you know what would be great for a pair of headphones if you could hear what's going on around you also. It's like, oh, yeah, wow, never thought of that. But I'm I'm interested to see how they're received by the public. Like, you know, is this going to be a trend that we see moving forward now more people or more companies start designing headphones that allow external noises in and external sounds in? Are we going to start seeing things marketed as anti-noise canceling headphones you can hear everything (laughs) like from the music and outside of your surroundings like yeah it's it's interesting not necessarily interesting for me i'm not looking for headphones but yeah you know definitely a cool story it's funny i i I kind of agree with you i'm I'm kind of interested to see if these catch on because similar to like the whole cyberpunk thing you like it might be a little bit too late for an alternative style because airpods have caught on so heavily and because they've kind of become the default earbud i think it's going to be hard to convince people that one noise canceling isn't the feature that you need 
because I think so many people have gotten used to the fact that their buds have noise canceling, either passive or active. Because the thing is, with even just um, regular earbuds that just go in your ear, they almost act like earplugs. So even if there is no noise canceling hardware in the device, you're still getting the passive noise canceling of your ear canals are blocked. And I think a lot of people have really taken to that style. And because there has been no alternative to that other than maybe the Galaxy Buds Live, which weren't very good uh, in so long, I think a lot of people probably just adapted to that. Uh, but there are some other really cool things about these earbuds. One of my favorite features and one thing that have really kind of confused me about wireless earbuds is the controls. So I think with things like the the AirPods, there's pressure to, pressure sensitive uh, stems that come from them that you can pinch for certain things like calling up Siri. Um, in some buds, you can like uh, tap your buds uh, or drag along them to like play and pause songs or change volume. And to me, that always seemed like counterintuitive because if you're jamming something in your ear, you don't necessarily want to press that thing that's jammed in your ear to add even more pressure. <laughs> that could seem even more uncomfortable. Uh, the cool thing with these buds is there are gestures but you don't actually have to touch them. You actually touch your jaw, your jawline, to do things like pause, play, change tracks. And essentially the way that works is each side of your face has two gestures, a double tap and a triple tap. And you can completely customize those double taps and triple taps to do whatever you want. Play song, next song, previous song. And you don't actually have to touch the buds, even though they're not going in your ear and it wouldn't have been nearly as big of a problem as with something like the AirPods Pro. It's still really cool that you don't actually have to contact the buds. And according to the reviews, the gestures are very reliable, which is just crazy because no one has done this really before, um, at least not not at this level. We have seen like bone conduction headphones that allow you to do certain gestures, maybe like floating your hands around or something like that. But generally speaking, they haven't been very good. The reviews of these are the gestures are great and they work reliably. And yeah, you don't have to touch the buds. On the downside, though, there is the price. And I don't think the price is necessarily bad. They're just at $180 USD, um, which I don't think is bad. But because it's such a new segment um, that doesn't have a lot of the features of the AirPods Pro, it comes so close to the AirPods Pro in price that I think it's going to, you know, if people are cross shopping these, it's going to be a lot of people saying, well, I can get noise canceling. I can get transparency mode. I can get all these features, better base performance on AirPods Pro for just a few dollars more, maybe like 40 to $50 more because they really regularly go on sale. Uh, I think that could be a little bit of an issue for a lot of people who are like, well, why would I get these when I can get more features with the AirPods? But yeah. Yeah, but still though, I do think they'd be really cool. I would love for this to catch on so that maybe cheaper versions of this style um, can come out because I'm a really big fan of, of buds that don't go in your ear. Yeah, uh, definitely interested to see how they get received by the public. I guess it's just something we'll have to wait and see for. I guess so. Any closing statements for today? Uh, no, it's just... Uh... It's cool to see that, uh, you know, some new earbuds are coming out. We're getting a final update to Cyberpunk 2077. Hopefully we get some DLC soon. And, you know, it's cool to see that Elon is actually staying true to his promise. Hopefully we find out who that, that you know, money gets donated to. 
Maybe he donated to his own charity. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> to get Elon to Mars charity. Well, maybe he could use some. I, I think I remember reading something where he was living on a on a temporary housing on, on Starbase. Maybe he can use that charity money to get himself a nice house. <laughs> there you go. There's always hope for Elon. Take it easy, everyone in podcast land. Catch you in the next episode.